Hey, I'm Jesse. As we come into the final week of our evangelism training series, I think it's beautifully consistent to step directly into global missions because I feel that evangelism and global missions are innately connected. That God's called you to make disciples right where you're at. And then now here, as you evangelize where you currently are, you lift your eyes to the horizon and you look to other nations and you listen if God calls you to go somewhere and help. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You, this will sound familiar, but I'm going to keep reading. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken away from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. This was an apocalyptic prophecy in the very beginning of Acts, just two verses after Acts 1.8, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, especially when it comes to talking about global missions. We, by Matthew 24, know that this perusia, as it's called, the eschaton, the second coming of Christ, the timing of it is left deliberately out of our reach. It's deliberately hidden from us. And what that means is that we are forced to act in a state of its constantly possible eminence. After saying these words, you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What follows then is the ascension in Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. And then these angels are kind of messing with the, the, the dumbfounded uh, apostles and they make an apocalyptic prophecy in the same way that you've seen him going up you're gonna see him come back again so it adds a sense of urgency to global missions doesn't it because we don't know the time or the hour we don't know when Jesus is coming back we know that he spoke this over his disciples and it turned them into apostles and and that what they what Jesus said came true because here I am from the other side of the world reading these words but it comes with a prophecy as well that Jesus will return just as he departed. And we don't know when that is. So I want you to prayerfully consider your thoughts on global missions. Either you pray, you know, or you pray and you give, or you pray and you give and you go on global missions. Stay tuned for more information as the Redemption Church is currently in the planning phases of an international missions ministry, some of which is going to include mission trips that we can't talk about on the internet because they're illegal. <laughs> Listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting because if you're, if you are evangelizing here, you're evangelizing right, right, right there in your, in your own hometown, right where you currently, you're, you're Jerusalem and then God has called you to Judea and Samaria, don't neglect the ends of the earth. I want to hereby officially as lead pastor of the Redemption Church and as the president of Jesse Campbell Ministries, I want to say that we're not going to make a line between personal evangelism and global missions. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. Who are we to say that, no, I'm only going to evangelize here and I'm not going to go to Judea or Samaria and the ends of the earth, they can just go to hell. Like, if you're going to, 
believe everything that we've said so far in our evangelism training series, you're going to be open to the Holy Spirit also calling you in global missions, either to pray for global missions or to support global missions financially or to go as well on a global missions trip. So I've seen that line in some of the churches have served at in the past. It's also not that God has called you only to evangelize overseas. <laughs> nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I don't evangelize people that I know. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ at my office. They don't know that I'm a Christian, but they do know that I'm a Christian in Sao Paulo, Brazil, because that's where I suddenly become an evangelist. That's where I suddenly obey the Great Commission. How did Acts 1-8 begin? Right where they were in Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. They flow directly into each other, so I hereby tear down that wall that exists between individual personal relational evangelism right there in Jerusalem and going to the ends of the earth. They're literally in the same breath from Jesus's mouth. There is no differentiation between the two, but I will say that if you're not willing to share your faith right here in Jerusalem, the Redemption Church probably isn't going to help you fund a trip to go overseas to the ends of the earth. All right? Because if you're not sharing your faith here, you probably won't do it there. And if you only share your faith there and you're a closeted Christian here, then you're refusing to do evangelistic ministry right here in Jerusalem. We have people to reach and we don't how much, how, know how much time we have because after saying these words, Jesus ascended into heaven and then the prophecy was made that he would come back. So in light of the ever always constantly possible imminence of the return of Christ, would you pray right now and listen attentively to the Holy Spirit's prompting. If you are only to pray for global missions, if you are to pray and also give, especially to global missions, if you're to pray and give and go on global missions. Are you ready? Pray. <laughs>